Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, if you would, turn with me real quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we want to look at uh, the spirit of faith tonight, the spirit of faith. And, you know, that's, that's what we're called to minister. This, this body, this church, is called to minister those principles of faith. Now, we'll minister a lot of different things, but it'll all have the spirit of faith. You know, anybody can teach the subject of faith. Faith can easily be taught as a subject. Amen. Because you, you, can, you can break it down into, into subjects and, and teach faith as a subject. All right, this is what faith should do as a subject, and this is what faith is capable of as a subject. But the, the subject of faith is taught, but the spirit of faith has to be caught. And you got to catch it from a carrier. Everybody doesn't have the spirit of faith. All right? It's, it's not because it's not available to everyone. It is available to everyone. Paul said, we're going to read it in just a moment. Paul said, every believer can have the spirit of faith. He was writing to the church in Corinth. But it's, it's, it's the spirit of faith. The subject of faith can be taught, but the spirit of faith has to be caught. And that's why when you hear certain people teach about faith, you sit there and you think, are they talking about the same thing that I know about faith, they, it's like it's, it's deeper, it's richer, it's the spirit of faith. It's the spirit of faith. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, and uh, we'll read down through verse 18. This is a familiar passage of Scripture, but it's so important. Paul says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. Now, it's written in Psalm 116.10, where David said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us up also by Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, uh, uh, temporal, temporary, subject to change at best. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So notice, first of all, that Paul did not say, and, and understand, I know we have faith, but notice Paul didn't say we have faith. He said we have the spirit of faith. We have the same spirit of faith as the psalmist that wrote Psalm 116.10. And he said, if we have that spirit of faith, we believe, and therefore we speak. Now, there are four characteristics of the spirit of faith that, that we want to go through as quickly as we can. Number one, 
A person with the spirit of faith looks at affliction as light. A person with the spirit of faith looks at affliction as light. Notice, notice what he said, verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. God's attitude is never things are bad and getting worse. That, that's never God's attitude. That's never the attitude of the Word of God. The attitude of the spirit of faith is this is a light affliction. This is light and easy. Amen. I've had people before ask me, they say, how is it that you're always up? How is it that I never see, you never seem to be down? You never seem, I look at everything as light and easy. That's the spirit of faith. You can be facing a challenge, but remember I've told you time and time again, the pressure is not on you, the pressure's on the Word. When you start struggling is when you take the pressure on you, the pressure's on the Word, the pressure's on your faith. The Bible says that you are raising up the shield of faith, and the shield of faith is quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked. You can hear them hitting the shield, you can feel their impact, but it's not, the pressure's not on you, the pressure's on your faith. The pressure's on your faith. The pressure's on the Word of God. That's why the Scripture says that you cast all of your care on Him. And so the, the affliction, the trouble, the pressure, somebody with the spirit of faith looks at it as light. This is light. Amen. Glory to God. See, in order for us to fail, God has to fail. In order for us to fail, the Word has to fail. In order for us to fail, some promise somewhere has to not be true. But that's impossible because the Bible says the word is truth. It says that over and over again. Psalm 119 says, I consider all your precepts concerning all things to be right. Psalm 19 says, your word is truth and it's truth forever. Jesus said in John 17, 17, he said, your word is truth. Amen. The, the word can't fail. For you to fail, the word would have to fail. And that's why you look at your affliction as light. Whatever you're dealing with tonight, and I don't know what you might be dealing with, I don't know what the situation may be, it's light. It's, it's, it's as heavy as you say it is. It's as heavy as you say. Glory to God. Amen. Look, look, look at 2 Timothy 4. I want to show you the attitude of a person with the spirit of faith. Oh, hallelujah. We're still on that first characteristic. A person with the spirit of faith looks at affliction as light. 2 Timothy 4, 5. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he says, Through the Holy Spirit, watching all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, Make full proof of your ministry. This is the attitude of the person with the spirit of faith. Endure afflictions. Afflictions are pressure, trouble, hardships. Notice what he said. Just endure them. Get through them. Amen. That's the attitude of the person with the spirit of faith. Faith is never intimidated by your circumstance. It's not intimidated by what you might be facing. You can throw the hardest thing you want at faith, and faith doesn't blink. Because faith's not intimidated. 
Amen. When, 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 when God came to Abraham and he said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, and Abraham was too old to father a child, and Sarah was too old to produce a child, amen, the Bible says that Abraham was strong in faith. Is that right? Hallelujah. This is so important because when the devil throws something at you, if you don't flinch, he'll have no choice but to quit because as far as he knows, he's done all the damage he can do. That's it. When the devil throws something at you and you don't flinch and you don't blink, he's got to quit because there's nothing else he can do. That's the attitude of the person with the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. That, that's the attitude of the spirit of faith. Is, is that you have, re, you have taken everything the enemy could throw your way, and here you stand. And you're standing in a forward-facing position. We are never facing the enemy, slouched over, beat up, armor dented in, sword broken, barely hanging on, and we're just standing there wavering. No, 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 no. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, we talked about it Wednesday night, and the idea that we get there from the Scripture is that when you stand, you're standing having overcome all. You're standing in a forward-facing position. The enemy's trying to take from you, and you're refusing to be moved. If the devil can't move you, if you won't be moved, he can't move you. Amen. If you won't be moved, he can't move you. There's nothing he can do. I told you this morning and Wednesday night, the devil could not even stop you from being saved. If there's anything he would have stopped you from doing, it was receiving Jesus as your Lord. And he couldn't do that because it's your choice. I choose whether I'm moved or not. I choose. And if I choose not to be moved, I choose not to be moved. He can't move me. Amen. Religion has done us a disservice. It's taken thousands of years to convince the church that the devil can somehow just come along and move us along. Well, when the enemy comes in like a flood, quote the rest of it. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Amen. Amen. What is the shield of faith? How, how many fiery darts does it quench? How many? How many? You're sure. You're sure. The Bible says that. Then why would we ever talk about how one got through? If one got through, you ready? Let me, let me pick out who I want to look at when I say this. If one got through, we drop the shield. Is that right? Hallelujah. Yeah, but I feel the pressure. Yeah, but look around. You don't see no darts sticking in you. The shield got them all. Amen. Amen. See, the, the, the enemy wants you to think that he can move you. He can't move me. He can't move me. Remember I told you early on in our ministry. Well, I don't even know that I was full-time in the ministry. If I was, it was it was just barely into full-time ministry. And the enemy was running his mouth about how this wasn't going to happen, and that wasn't going to happen, and this wasn't going to happen, and you weren't going to... And finally, finally I just put my Bible literally on the ground, and I got up on my Bible, and I said, Look here, devil, I'm standing on the Word. Here I stand. I'll not be moved. 
I will not be moved off the Word of God. Amen. If you won't be moved, you cannot be moved. You, you just cannot. Well, Pastor, I feel the spirit of faith is not moved by how you feel. It's not moved by how I feel. Amen. You understand, your feelings have nothing to do with your faith. Your faith says you're victorious regardless of how you feel. I've told you, the Bible says that you have joint seating with Christ in the heavenly places. That might not be your circumstance, but that is your position. It might not be my circumstance that it looks like I have the victory, but I do have the victory because I have faith. And 1 John 5, 4 says, faith is the victory. Definite article. In other words, there is no other source of victory. There is no other victory in the world except our faith. That's it. The Bible says faith is the substance, definite article, the substance of the things you're hoping for. The evidence of things not seen. Oh, glory to God. That's the attitude of the person with the spirit of faith. A person with the spirit of faith doesn't talk about how the devil's fighting. Doesn't talk about how rough he's making it on them. Doesn't talk about the pressure they're under, the problems they're having. The spirit of faith doesn't talk that. It talks the truth. Well, it is true. I'm going through something. That might Listen, that might be the circumstance, but that's not the truth. The truth is I'm victorious. The truth is I'm more than a conqueror. The truth is I cannot fail. That's the truth. Glory to God. Amen. And, and I want you to understand when I say this, why, how I'm saying this. I've heard people over the years say, well, when the smoke clears and the battle's over, I'm still going to be standing there. That's exactly right. But I have never been moved. Amen. Amen. You, you, you got you to gotta get that. Glory to God. Amen. I, listen, I know ministers that have failed, and I'm going to tell you why they failed. They quit. That's why they failed. That's why I don't know anybody that has said, look, this is what the Word says, and I'm going to stay with the Word, and I'm not going to be moved. I don't know anybody that failed. I don't know anybody that failed. I was talking to a group of people one time, and I said, you don't know the person. You don't know the person that has stood on the Word and failed. You don't know that person. That person doesn't exist. Amen. Hallelujah. If you won't be moved, you cannot be moved. Dr. Les Summerall told a group of preachers one time, they were talking about the strong man in their city and over their city. And Dr. Summerall just looked at him and said, if there's a strong man, pull him down. I said, just pull him down. That's, see, that's the spirit of faith. And I'll, I'll hear preachers say, this is the spirit over our city. And it's like they're cuddling up with them. This is our pet spirit over our city. And it's like they get, they, they, you know, it's, it's, some, it's something like, you know, I, I, I'm real spiritual because I recognize the strong man over our city. Pull him down. Amen. I said, pull him down. The spirit of faith is not intimidated by the enemy. Glory to God. Amen. Look at uh, 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. There's more here. Am I helping you? Glory to God. 
Glory to God. And you're people of faith. The spirit of faith is in our churches. It's, it's in our fellowship. Amen. You're infected with it. The spirit of faith. You, you are a faith builder. Hallelujah. You just don't know about faith. That's what you do. You build faith. Amen. Because it's in you. It's in your DNA. Glory to God. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and uh, verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you've heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Notice, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If you could, would you show me that verse 3 in the Amplified Bible? Because this, this is so important. Now, I know, especially in our circles sometimes, we don't like to talk about affliction and, and hardness and challenges. But the reality is, they show up. But I, I want you to show, to show you something here. He said, take with me your share of the hardships and suffering that you're called to endure. Notice, as a good first-class soldier of Jesus Christ. Woo, glory. What, what does that mean? Hardships are going to come. Challenges are going to show up. Amen. And a person with the spirit of faith won't sidestep them. Won't dodge them. we we'll just hit them head on. Just hit them head on. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Oh, glory. And they'll endure them knowing they'll come out on top. Amen. They'll endure them knowing that they'll come out on top. You stay, you stay enthusiastic about the promises of God. You stay enthusiastic about the things that God's called you to do. A large part of your faith is staying enthusiastic and joyful about what God's called you to do. Amen. And you just deal with the hardship. Hallelujah. Yeah, but I'm going through a hard time right now. Just, just keep going. Don't camp out. Just keep going. Just, just deal with it and keep moving on. That's the spirit of faith. Dr. Summerall said one time, he said, I've never had the money to do anything God asked me to do. I'm, I'm not saying that as that, that's a, a litmus test or something of that nature. But what I'm saying is, notice, he said, I've never had the money to do what God told me to do. But when God asked me to do it, I just did it. When he bought his first re uh, television station, he signed a contract for $1 million and had no money. Now, did the money come? Yeah, the money came because he did it in the spirit of faith. But the spirit of faith does not go home tonight and stay up all night worrying about the situation. The spirit of faith goes to sleep and rest knowing that God's got this covered. Amen. Glory to God. Because hardships will come. They, they will come. Amen. Now that's not a suffering doctrine. It's a Bible doctrine. And notice what he said. He said, he said you endure it like a good first class soldier of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Have you ever been around anybody that, that, you know, you might know they're going through something, but if you didn't know they were going through something, you wouldn't know they were going through something. 
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you see that? How different would people's lives be if we just told them, listen, hard times are going to come, but just deal with it in the spirit of faith. Don't sidestep it. Don't, you're not allowed, we, we're not allowed to wallow. We're not allowed to wallow in our worries and, and wallow in our concerns and wallow in our affliction. You got to get up. You got to dust yourself off. You got to face it. You got to keep going. Amen. Glory to God. That's what we tell our kids all the time. Hey, no pouting. No, 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 no pouting here. I know you don't like what I told you, but you're not going to pout. Put a smile on your face. Get some joy. It's easier when you're joyful. <laughs> That's your strength. Glory to God. Amen. Whew. When you have the spirit of faith, this is the second point. When you have the spirit of faith, you'll stay focused on the work God called you to do. Amen. You're right there in 2 Corinthians 4. I want you to see this. Where we started, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17. He said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more and exceeding eternal weight of glory. Our light affliction... Then he said, we look not at the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are temporal or temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. When you have the spirit of faith, you stay focused on the work God called you to do. Not the affliction. Amen. We, we, we faced challenges before, and somebody would say, what are you going to do? What I'm doing. Remember Brother Hagin told the story? He said he was pastoring that church, and he said uh, uh, he would be meeting, the, that the board met about every week, and that they'd all go around the table and talk about how bad it was, how horrible it was, everything that was going wrong, and then they'd get to Brother Hagin and say, why, God, Brother Hagin, what are we going to do? And Brother Hagin said, we're just going to act like the word's true. And they'd just kind of look at him. And the next week, they'd get around to him again and say, my God, Brother Hagin, what are we going to do? He'd say, we're just going to act like the word's true. And finally, one day, the guy said, you know it is, isn't it? And he said, yes, it is. And he infected that board with the spirit of faith. And it wasn't long, the, 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 board, the, the, the board president, the head man on the board, he said, men, you know, he says, Brother Hagin hadn't steered us wrong. He hadn't steered us wrong in, in any decision that he's made. He said, I, I say that we just quit meeting every week, and we just let Brother Hagin make the decisions, and, you know, we'll come together and give our two cents. But, and then the man said, we're just going to act like the word's true. Amen. You stay focused on the work God called you to do. When, when the enemy grabs your focus, he grabs your faith. Amen. You, you got to stay focused. Glory on the work that God called you to do. What did God call you to do? Amen. God, God called me to pastor. God called me to pastor these churches. God called me to plant churches. He called, that, that's my focus. Amen. You know, you know, there are ministers that travel. There are ministers that, that are traveling ministers, and, and they travel to different places. 
that's not necessarily my calling right now. My calling is to travel between the churches in our fellowship and, and build them up and edify them and preach faith to them and inject the spirit of faith into them. But I've got to stay focused on what God called me to do. My pastor one time was on a motorcycle trip, and uh, it, it came on Friday, and he said, well, I've got to go back. I've got to go back to the church. And one of the ministers there with him, no, no disrespect was intended, but he said, oh, that church would be all right without you. And pastor said, no, it won't. No, it won't, because I'm the pastor. They need me speaking into them. Amen. You got to stay focused on what God called you to do. And, and that, that's what the spirit of faith does. It stays focused on the work God called you to do. When we started our church in DeSoto, when we started our church, right along that time, five, uh, five other churches started. Churches, A couple of them started there in DeSoto. Now, DeSoto's growing by leaps and bounds, but for a number of years, DeSoto ran about 4,000 people. Four to, four to 6,000. It's up somewhere around 10, 12,000. Now it's growing. Uh, they're bringing a big battery plant in there. Uh, but anyway, the point is, that's just news for you. But anyway, the, the point is, is I, I had a, a minister. He moved in town. He was a Pentecostal minister, Assembly of God minister. And uh, they moved there because they, their board said there was no uh, Pentecostal influence in DeSoto. Well, we had been there for years by the time he moved in. But, uh, uh, when he moved in, I, I, I found out, and I went and met him and invited him and his wife to dinner, I believe it was, lunch or dinner. And uh, we went out, and uh, they just pretty much let me know they were going to put our church out of business. Now, I, that didn't bother me. Amen. I've been barked at by big dogs. Little dogs don't bother me. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, so, you know, we just said, well, praise God, and and. You know, we, we want to bless them. I offered to give them a bus. They were talking about wanting to bus people in. I said, well, I got a bus. I'll give you. Good bus. Good shape. We had three or four of them at the time. I said, it, it, good bus. It's in good shape. And they said, no, we don't want a bus right now. When we have our church out on the highway and build our big building, then, then, we'll, take, then we'll buy a bus. I said, okay. All right. Well, I'm, you know, I'm just. Now, here's my point. Here's my point. I watch challenges come to every one of those ministries. None of those ministries exist today. We're still there. People say, well, what would you do that they didn't do? We have the spirit of faith. Amen. It stays focused on what God has asked you to do. At some point, you've got to remember what God asked you to do and why you're doing what you're doing and stay focused on that. You've got to ask yourself, why am I going to church? Why am I involved in church? Why do I greet? Why do I usher? Why do I work in the AV department? Why do I do that? Why do I come and sit on the front row, third row, fourth row, fifth row, wherever you're sitting? Why do I come? I come to build my faith and frame my world by the Word of God. You can sit at home and get focused on your problem, focused on your situation, focused on your circumstance, and you'll lose the victory because you're not where you need to be focused on what God wants you to focus on. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? That's so important. Amen. That's so important because you, the spirit of faith stays focused on the work that God called you to do. Amen. 
Oh, glory. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Now, you don't, you don't have to turn there. You can write this down. Matthew 6, 22 through 23. And you remember that Jesus was in the city of Samaria, and he was sitting at the well. And he was talking to the woman we commonly refer to as the woman at the well. And when his disciples came to him, uh, they wondered. They said, Master, take some food. And he said, I have meat that you don't know about. And he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Well, the Bible lets us know that when Jesus came to that well, he was tired, he was hungry, he was thirsty. But when he started talking about what his mission was, he came to life. Because that's, that's what I'm here for. I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, now he's a friend of mine. He wasn't at the time. Uh, he was a uh, FCF relational rep, Faith Christian Fellowship. And uh, he was assigned to me. And he, and he called me, signed to our, our uh, region. And he called me. And we were meeting each other over the phone. And uh, uh, I was talking to him. And he said, Philip, what turns you on? I said, the local church. The local church is the hope of the world. And I proceeded to take the next 10 or 15 minutes and just preach him a sermon. Amen. When I finally took a minute to breathe, he goes, whoo, you are excited about the local church, aren't you? Yeah, hey, yeah, that, that makes me come to life. The spirit of faith stays focused on what the work that God called you to do. Amen. Everyone under the sound of my voice, you have to have something God called you to do that you can focus on. That keeps you grounded. That keeps you solid. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Do you understand that? It keeps you focused on what God wants you to do. When, the, when, when those challenges come, oh, glory. Number three, point number three. When you have the spirit of faith, you don't become entangled with the ways of the world. When you have the spirit of faith, you don't become entangled with the ways of the world. This is important. We can say this, and it's, it's something that is common knowledge, especially in our circles, but this is a directive. Don't fight in the flesh. Don't fight in the flesh. I heard a, a, a wonderful man of God years ago make this statement about pastoring and pastoring in cities. And he made the statement. He said, the city's not your enemy. The people in the city are not your enemy. Other pastors are not your enemy. Other churches are not your enemy. When we, when we started this church, there are pastors that just got so upset with us because we were starting a church in proximity to their church. You know, last I heard, Little Rock proper has a little over 200,000 people in it. There's not, it. there's not enough churches in the city that could hold all those people. We could fill this church right here with three services a day on Sunday, and we'd have about 500 people that we would reach on a Sunday. 500. Well, that still leaves around 150,000 that we personally didn't reach. Amen. People say, what did you do? Honestly, prayed for them. Lord, I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to offend nobody. I just want to do what you've called me to do. But you've called me to do it. Amen. When you're pastoring, you don't deal with people after the flesh. 
You deal with people after the Spirit. Amen. I, I, I've, I've talked to people before. And you know, every time I pray and every time I'm asking God what I need to minister, I ask God, what do the people need to hear? What do the people need to hear? Not what do I want to say. What do the people need to hear? And sometimes I say things that people need to hear. It's the answer to their problem. Sometimes I say things that corrects them or, or rebukes them or confronts them. But I didn't pray about that person. I prayed that the word that was spoken would be what they needed to hear. And people say, do you ever preach something that you know somebody needs to hear? Yes. Because the Holy Spirit will lead you that way. Whether I knew it or not, you still needed the word that was heard. See, this is so important, but it's not about the flesh. It's not about the flesh. And then, secondly, don't compare. Don't, don't compare yourself. In, in the ministry, don't compare your ministry with somebody else's ministry. Don't compare what you do with what somebody else does. Don't compare your marriage to somebody else's marriage. I've, had, I've counseled families before, marriages before, and the wife would say something like, well, you know, I just wish he treated me like so-and-so treats his wife. Well, you don't live with them. I mean, I hope he treats her that way all the time. But don't be comparing, because when you fall into the comparison trap, you always come up short. Amen. Man, there are preachers that I hear, and I'm like, dear Lord, they can preach the paint off the walls. Preach the carpet off the, off the floor. Amen. Have you ever heard a wordsmith like Rod Parsley? My Lord. Rod can just, ah, my Lord. Talk about Daniel and the lions did. How Daniel pulled that hairy lion up to him and pillowed his head in the fluffy mane of that. <sighs> but you know, if I tried to say that, I'd pl sound plumb dumb. Because that's not my anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't compare. The spirit of faith, don't compare. The spirit of faith, don't compare. Don't, don't compare your ministry. Don't compare your life. Don't compare your marriage. Don't compare what God's asked you to do with what somebody else has been asked to do. It doesn't matter. It, do, it doesn't matter. And then thirdly, don't compete. Don't compete. We're not in a competition. Don't compete. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, I, I remember the story Brother Hagin told uh, in, in the days of the voice of healing. At one time, Oral Roberts had the largest tent in the world. Seat over 10,000 people. Jack Coe got a tent one foot bigger and called Brother Roberts in the middle of the night to let him know, I got a bigger tent than you. Sounds funny, but it cut his life short. The, the Lord told Brother Hagin that he needed to talk to him about three things. And one of them was your love walk. And he said, if you don't fix that, you're not going to live very much longer. When you, start, when you start competing, the other person becomes your object. They become your enemy. And, and, and the spirit of faith doesn't do that. 
Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Amen. That, that's why he, now those are all defeated, defeated principalities, defeated powers, defeated wicked rulers. They're all defeated. Jesus defeated them. But yet that's, that's, that's the enemy. That's the enemy. Amen. Now, Romans 8. Am I helping you tonight? Romans 8. I'm convinced that what hinders a lot of people is that they, 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 they don't stay focused on what God wants them to do and they have time to focus on the challenges. I don't have time to focus on the challenges because I've got too much to do for God. Amen. How about you? Glory to God. Romans 8, verse 5. They that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now notice, carnal people set their minds to the things of the flesh. And fleshly minded people are dead to the things of God. Hallelujah. Carnal people set their minds to the things of the flesh, and fleshly minded people are dead to the things of God. There's no shortcut to any of the, of, of the things of God. There's, there's no shortcut. I, I deal with a lot, and, and I didn't used to be able to say this, but as I've grown in the ministry and been in the ministry more and more years, I can say this. I deal a lot with younger ministers. I, I'm, I'm starting to deal a lot with younger pastors. And, and they'll ask me, sometimes they'll ask, what, however you want to say it. Well, you know, what do you think? What do you think is the pathway to success? And I say, it's never changed. You got to pray, hear from heaven, and do what heaven said. That's what you got to do. You got to fast. You got to seek God. Amen. Glory to God. You got to get up every morning, spend time meditating in the Word. Lay your plans out before God. Ask Him if that's what He wants you to do. Yeah, but I need a church growth plan. Pray, hear from heaven, and do what heaven said. That's it. Glory to God. Don't, don't get carnal. I used to go to a lot of ministers' conferences. I don't go to as many as I used to. I, I, of course, I go to Brother Copeland's every, every year uh, and, and Brother Jerry's every year. But I used to go to ministers' conferences, and inevitably, inevitably, here's what you would hear every time. The first question you would hear from different ministers. So, Doc, how many of y'all running? You know why they wanted to know how many I was running? To compare. Who's running what? This is so important. That's carnal. That's carnal. That's carnal. I say that's carnal. Carnal people set their mind on the things of the flesh, and fleshly minded people are dead to the things of God. There's no shortcut. There's no better way. Amen. 
than hearing from God what God wants you to do with your life, what God wants to do with your ministry, what God wants to do with your church. Pray, hear from heaven, do what heaven says. That's it. That's, that's the bottom line. Amen. Hallelujah. And then the fourth point is it is a spirit of faith. It is a spirit of faith. It's not a faith movement. It's not a faith message. It's not a faith doctrine. It's a faith spirit. It's a spirit of faith. The spirit of faith scares the devil because the spirit of faith doesn't look. It leaps. It doesn't look. It leaps. It acts. The spirit of faith acts. The spirit of faith is not afraid of a challenge. Spirit of faith is not afraid of a challenge. Glory to God. The spirit of faith is a spirit of excellence and not mediocrity. It's a spirit of excellence and not mediocrity. Excellence in my life. Excellence in my ministry. Excellence in everything that I can do. Excellence to the level that I can produce in, in everything. It's a spirit of excellence and not mediocrity. This is important because many people are settling for what they can get without too much trouble. Just what I can get without too much trouble. Brother Hagin used to tell the story about how he, would, he, would, he was a traveling minister and he would run into ministers that were doing nothing and just sitting at home doing nothing. And they'd say, Brother Hagin, if anything big opens up, let me know. And he'd say, well, dear God, they weren't ready for anything big. They weren't ready for anything little. But see, they wanted something big without too much trouble. I, I thank God that everything that he's done in our ministry, we had to labor in the spirit to bring it to pass. I thank God for that. People say, would you, would you trade any of the challenges? No, not one, not one, not one. Amen. I mean, I wouldn't take a million dollars from you to go through them again. But I wouldn't take a million dollars for him either. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when challenges show up, you'll learn to pray. You'll learn to pray or you'll cave. You'll learn to stand or you'll cave. Glory to God. I was talking to a friend of mine one time, and we were talking about the ministers and, and the people that were falling. And I said, here's the bottom line. I said, preachers don't pray anymore. They don't pray anymore. They, 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 they got their, oh boy, I better shut up. Amen. They, they got their way of making it. I got to look a certain way. I got to act a certain way. I, I got to use a certain lingo. I got I to relate to everybody. Well, that, that's just doing what everybody else does. Amen. Glory to God. But when you, you, listen, I've talked to ministers before, and I say, and I would say, look, I'd, I'd like you to come and pray with me. We need to pray some things out. And they look at me like, what do you mean? Well, I need, I want you to, I'm inviting you into my prayer time. I don't do that a lot. And I'd like you to come pray with me about some things. I, I don't know if people know about praying things out. What's that? Not interested. When you get interested, 
You'll, you'll, you'll pray it out. You'll seek the Lord. And, and here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That is some of the most labor-intensive things you'll do. But it reaps the greatest reward. The key to any city is praying, hearing from heaven, and doing what heaven said. Oh, hallelujah. The spirit of faith runs towards the loud noises the devil makes. And it knows when it gets there, the mountain will be moved. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible talks in the book of Job, spirit of faith runs towards the loud noises the devil makes. And it knows when it gets there, the mountain will be moved. The Bible talks in the book of Job, it talks about what, what the Bible calls the war horse, the, 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 horse the, the battle horse. And it says that, that that horse is there, ready for the battle, and he's pawing at the ground. Wanting to go into the battle, that the sound of the bugle, the sound of the clashing armor doesn't bother him. He's ready to run in there because that's what he's trained to do. You're built for this. The devil can't intimidate you. He can say what he wants, and that's all he's got is noise. Noise. He wants to be loud. That's why he tries to come in like a flood. That's why he tries to overwhelm you. And I've learned something. You take that initial assault, he's got nothing else. He's got nothing else. I'm serious. This, this is how I live my life. There's times things will try to blindside us, and people say, what do you do? You, you ready? It's deep. <laughs> is that all you got? That's, I'm telling you the truth. If my wife was here, she would totally, because you believe me, but you really believe her. I know you probably like her better than you like me, but you, you would really believe her. And if you don't like Michelle, something's wrong with you. Amen. But amen. And, 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 I, and, 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 and I've said that more than once. You mean that's all you got? Dear Lord, that, didn't, that, that, that wasn't enough wind to blow a leaf off a tree. Yeah, but you're being flippant with the devil. No, I'm letting him know something. I know where you're, I know where you're at. I'm not letting you up. I'm not going to give you the credit for this. Amen. When you have the spirit of faith, no one can successfully be your enemy. Nobody.